He says, one day there's a master who has to go away on a very long trip. And so he calls his servants together. Do you know the story? And he talks to them and he says, I have to go on a trip, but I'm going to entrust some of my treasures into your hands. So to one, he gives five measures of that treasure. To the next, he gives two. And to the next, he gives one. And so many times when we read that story, we look at that guy who got the five. Yeah? Have you done that before? And our focus gets really focused on that guy. I call that guy the superstar. I have never been a superstar. I played football in high school. I never started. Uh, I get up and preach. Uh, yeah, that's evident. Uh, I'm just not that guy. I've never been able to relate to the guy who got five measures of the treasure. But those other two, I identify with. See, what I love about this story is that the master not only wanted increase and wanted to see things happen with his treasure, but he knew his servants. He knew the time, the talents, and the treasures. He knew the abilities because he had been the one developing those abilities. So the master looked at each and every servant that he had in their process of development, and he appropriated into their hands what they could handle for that moment. Now, the way the story was supposed to go is that every single one of them were able to use the treasures that were put in their hands for his glory. Jesus teaches us through the story, and he gives us two really good examples and one negative one. I don't want us to focus on the negative, though it's a good warning to us. If you don't know what happens in the story, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the Sunday school quick version real quick. The master goes away for a very, very long time. And the first servant says, okay, I'm going to get to work. And he starts working, and he multiplies and doubles the treasure that he was given. The second worker, who only got two, does the same. He puts his talents to work, and he uses skills. I actually like the King James because the, rather than saying treasures or silver or shekels or whatever, they use the word talent, which was a measurement for money in the time. But in our day and age, it's talents. I think there's another little message there, but that's kind of beyond. God's put talents in us that we're supposed to use for anyway. So the second guy gets his treasure, and he uses it, multiplies it. The last guy, and, and again, I don't want us to focus on just the negative of this, but this is reality because this is where I live a lot of the times. I, I identify the most with the one talent guy because when God has put something on me, I usually get scared first. And this last guy was given one measure of treasure, and it said he was afraid that he might lose it. And so he just took it and he buried it away. I have to tell you, over the years, as God has put things in my hands, I am scared most of the time. 
Because I look at my ability and I don't see how it's possible. Can you identify? But there's a principle here in this story that's incredible. And it's about the identification of the master and how he knows us. See, because if God has put something in your hands, it's because he's going to give you the ability to accomplish what he's asked you to do. God put that one people group in our hearts. During our first term, we worked with one planter that went to that people group. They planted a, a more traditional type church there, a little bit freer community. They were able to do that. But we didn't really see what God's plan was until 10 years later. We continued working with the same type of focus from one to four. Four became 12. Now we've actually seen God reach out to more than 18 different unreached people groups around the country in Indonesia. Actively seeing God plant his church in places where it's never been. It's so not us, but I'm so, so honored that he allows us to walk along and see what he's doing in the process. People ask what I do, and I say I make a lot of mistakes. But God just shows his glory. You know, and Paul says that in, in 2 Corinthians that, he's, that God has put his treasure in jars of fragile clay pots, you know, so that his glory can be seen through it. It's amazing. These last few years before COVID, the house church networks that we've had relationship with for five years consistently saw uh, every 18 months they doubled in size. Now, they had been expanding before that, but for the five years before COVID and before all the lockdowns, lockdowns in Southeast Asia were really serious. I mean, I couldn't leave our neighborhood for a while, couldn't leave, go between cities, couldn't get on an airplane, couldn't get on a boat, couldn't do anything. It was crazy. So before lockdown started, we consistently were seeing God multiply and double these house churches every 18 months. Then everything locked down. Communication, visiting with, uh, with contextual workers stopped. After things opened up more, it looks like things tripled in the first 18 months of COVID. That's a God thing. That's when we are out of the equation for the most part. But God continues working through his people. It happens in such an organic, normal way. It happens as... <laughs> like there's one, one small group of people that I got to share with directly because I had contact with them before they came to Christ. doesn't happen very often where I get to be that guy. <laughs> but there was this one group that 
they were actually kind of looked down on in the community. They collected recyclables and garbage and they sorted through it and sold it. And just whatever job they could get for the day, that's what they did. And before, if there was an opportunity to make some money from a little bit more dishonest things, they did that too. And we began to study the scriptures together and God began to do some tremendous things in their lives. And the next thing you know, you've got this small group of people who had had a history and been known as people that weren't trustworthy. And without a lot of preaching, but with them just reading scripture and coming into relationship with Jesus, their neighbors began to notice a change. They became honest. When they said they would do something, they would do it. When you entrusted something into their care, they didn't run off and sell it. The neighborhood began to get interested. So their neighbors then began interested in what was happening in their lives. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks about you are the light of the world. That in this darkness of the world that we're all facing each and every day, the gospel becomes a light that transforms who we are in a way that the rest of the world sees. And they're attracted to it. That we're the salt of the earth, that we bring that essence of life and flavor. And the next thing you know, their neighbors are saying, what is different? Well, we began reading this holy book. The Old Testament. And as they read the Old Testament, it began to change their lives. And then they jumped in and they began to read about Jesus and it really changed their lives. And as their neighbors saw that, their neighbors wanted to know what had changed their lives. And so they began just sharing what they had received. And the next thing you know, their neighbors' lives are impacted. And the people that know their neighbors talk to their neighbors and say, what changed in your life? You see how this goes? Jesus calls us to, as disciples, to make disciples. That make disciples. That make disciples. And if you don't think this is a, a biblical strategy, look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Paul instructs Timothy. And he says, these things that you've heard me teach in front of many witnesses... Teach those things to others, to other faithful brothers and sisters who can teach others, who can teach others, who can teach. Yeah, our house churches look a little different. We don't get to have the privilege of gathering in big groups together very often. But they're the same as you and I, followers of Christ. It's pretty amazing. And I can tell you that God is working today in ways that I would never imagine. I don't know if you realize this, and this is kind of breaking into a last part. Pastor Ben said that 
there's some other big things ahead of us. Again, I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> it's a good place to be. <laughs> See, when we're scared about what God's put in our hands, it calls us to be absolutely surrendered to him. And there are times when I struggle with that, and I'm not absolutely surrendered. I'll be honest. There are days that Jonathan steps in, and I'm like, I don't know about that. But as we surrender to what he wants to do, it not only impacts who we are and transforms our daily lives, but it will transform the world around us. God has been blessing so much in Indonesia. If I actually shared numbers this morning, and I won't do that because it's not... It's, on, it's online, okay? But God is doing tremendous things in this day and age. There are friends that I'm connected with that are tracking what God is doing around the world to reach the people who have never heard the gospel. And we're targeting, trying to get workers into every unreached people group Every place where the gospel hasn't been, we're trying to get workers planted there in the next seven years. Did you hear what I said? Places that in 2,000 years have never had the church planted, and we're trying to get church planters there within the next seven years. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm talking about here. We're coming in and we're going to be the new directors for a program called the Antioch Initiative. God has been blessing what's happening in Indonesia. And now our leadership has asked us to, they started out, they asked us to pray about it. We had just signed a five-year lease on our house in Indonesia. And my boss calls me and says, we want to ask you to pray about something. This was not in our plan, but I think God was working. And they want us to come back and share the DNA of what God's been doing in Indonesia to prepare workers who are going throughout all of the world. A partnership between Asia Pacific that we've been a part of for 18 years, but also Africa, the Middle East, Eurasia, and uh, Northern Asia. The largest representation of where unreached people's are on the planet. One-fifth of the planet's population. And they're just saying, you know, God's blessing what's happening. Can you share a little bit of that DNA through the Antioch Initiative? So we're going to be training up workers now, not just to go through the nation of Indonesia, but throughout the whole world. I'm scared. But here's the thing. When the master returned and the superstar said, look what God, look what's been, look what happened. Because I think even the superstar knows it's not really him. It's the talents and gifts and the skills and abilities that God has given him. But he turns it back and he says, look, it's been doubled. And the master says, well done my good and faithful servant. And then the guy who received two, the master comes to him and he says, well, it's not as much as his, but it's been multiplied. It's been doubled. 
Listen to what the master says. It's the exact same words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The master is pleased because we've taken what he entrusted into our hands and we just used it for his glory. He wasn't concerned about how big the effect would be. He just wants us to be faithful, to use what he's put into our hands, to overcome the fear that would keep us held back and locked up. And that's why the guy with one, had he used it, had he used it for what God intended, the response would have been the same. Well done, my good and faithful servant. But when we let the fear to overcome and we hide it away, that's the warning. This morning, I hope you've gotten just a little bit of my heart. I truly believe that in the next few years, if we as God's people, as his disciples, will get, in part, will get involved in what he's doing, we're going to see some tremendous things happen around the world. I really do. It's, it's amazing. But even more than that, I just want to talk to you as disciples of Christ. I want to ask you to ask yourself what the Lord has put in your hands this morning. What you're doing with your time. What you're doing with the skills and abilities and talents that he's given you. And what you're doing with the treasure that he's entrusted to you. Are you being a good disciple who's making disciples? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing around the world, Lord. I thank you that, Lord, you didn't just give us a job to do, but you gave us a prophecy that it says it will be fulfilled. And you gave us the promise that one day people from every tribe, tongue, and nation will gather together and worship you and will celebrate for all of eternity. And we will live in your presence each and every day. I thank you that we get to be a part of this process. Lord, we acknowledge that this is entirely your work. That no person on earth can do it. And we just say thank you that you have chosen us in our generation to be a part of this moment. Of your work and what you're doing. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, help us not just to, to live life, but to realize what you've called us to do as individuals, as disciples, and as your people in the church. We thank you, Father. I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. Man, wasn't that a good word? So good.
you know, last week we uh, talked about the, the Antioch initiative. We, we talked about the church in Antioch in, in Acts chapter 13 and 14 and how uh, they prayed for Barnabas and, and for Paul and, and sent them off. And they got to share in those stories. And so we kind of get like a double Antioch here. So we get to pray for our missionaries and send them off. And then he's going to train up other missionaries and send them off. And, and so it's amazing to see what God is doing. So today I encourage you, before you leave, um, Jonathan's got a booth set up in the foyer. Stop by, grab a prayer card, uh, ask him some questions if you've got some further things. But, but take advantage of that. Uh, and a couple other ways that we can... We can partner uh, with our missionaries. Number one is is we want to we want to give we want to support the ministry that Jonathan or Mary are doing and uh, what God's doing around this globe. So today, uh, anything that's that's not marked uh, ties or offerings or something like that, anything that's not marked is going to be going uh, towards this ministry. And uh, also, if you just want to mark in the envelopes in front of you, you can just mark missionary. Uh, you can, if you text to give, type the word missionary in that text, and it will make sure it will go directly uh, to them and, and uh, do all that so we can get them on the field and, and get them back up and running and, and reaching into all these unreached people groups, which is amazing to hear what God is doing. So we're so grateful to partner with you. So let's, let's just pray for a moment for the, for the offering today. Jesus, God, we come to you and we pray. Uh, God, that you would do incredible things through the gifts that are given us today. God, as you've given us many talents, God, you've given us treasure. You've given us treasure. God, may we be faithful with it. God, we know that as we invest in your kingdom that you multiply. God, you can use it to do even more incredible things than we can. So God, we give you this offering this morning. We pray uh, that you'd use it so that many Many people would come to know you, God, in every unreached people group across this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's one of the first ways we can do is we can, we can give. But we also want to take time to pray. We talked about how we're prayer support for our missionaries. And, and so, uh, Jonathan, we don't want you to leave this place without praying for it. I know the third graders already covered it, but we want to do it too. We want to pray for you. So, Jonathan, would you just come and stand and and uh, and. Alex, if you're willing, if you'd come on down, we want to pray for you too. And uh, why don't you, why doesn't everybody just stand on up? And we want to pray for our missionaries. If we could have several people come around and let's lay hands uh, on Jonathan today. And uh, we just believe that God is, is going to do some incredible things through this family. Uh, it hasn't just been a one-man effort. It's been a whole crew uh, going out there and sharing the gospel. Whether you're introverted or not, God is using these gifts. So would you extend a hand and let's pray for our missionaries this morning. Jesus, I thank you for Jonathan and Mary. God, I thank you for, for their family and, and what you've called them to do. God, you don't have to be a typical uh, missionary personality, type A, anything like that. But God, you, you're using them in his gifts. And, and Lord, we pray that you would continue to use this family in their gifts today. In the name of Jesus, that you would work in a powerful way. God, thank you that you've called them. And God, I, I pray that you would help them to raise the funds that they need, that they would be able to get out uh, on the field sooner than even they had anticipated. God, that you would use them uh, to train up other missionaries as they go and they're reaching unreached people groups. God, we pray that you would open doors. God, open doors into communities. God, that your gospel would be preached in every tribe and every tongue in this world. Oh, God, we pray that you would raise up more missionaries. God, that more would hear your call and feel a longing to go to these people groups all across the globe. 
So God, I pray that you would bless this family. God, that you would bless their marriage. God, that you would strengthen them as they're on this journey together. Give them the wisdom. Give them the right words to speak as they are teaching and as they're coaching. Oh, God, would you bless them in the name of Jesus, that so many hearts and minds would be open to your gospel, that, that it would just spread like wildfire throughout this planet. Oh, God, would you bless the winters today? God, may they be a light for you everywhere they go. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, thank you again, Jonathan. Thank you, Alex, for being here as well. And uh, it is such a blessing to have you with us today. Again, be sure to stop by their table before, they go, uh, before you go. And uh, if you got your offering, you can drop it in the back plates. Uh, but we will see you uh, next week, this Wednesday night. Again, we've got some more missionaries, uh, donuts with a missionary next Sunday as well. Uh, have an incredible week, everyone.